get right into this tonight. Thank you again for that special. We, we talk about that again, the six honest serving men, what, why, when, how, where, and who. And uh, we, we think about those a lot. I mean, we, we always say kids ask that question a lot. You know, why, why this, why that, who this, who that. But the fact is we all do. And you can find out a lot of information by asking those six simple questions. And we use them, I think, more in life day in and day out than we realize. And so tonight I just want to look at these all from the perspective of the lens from John chapter 3, verse 16, on this concept of that, that being the greatest event as far as the before and the before. Remember, before and before, right? And so number one, you see that what's, what's before? What's before? Right? That's number one. I know that was uh, uh, the question of this morning's statement, uh, uh, statement one and two. But what is before? In this verse, when it comes to what is this before? And in John chapter 3, verse 16, I think when it comes to that verse, obviously we have to think about that powerful statement that says, that by being saved, whosoever believe in him should not perish, here it is, but have everlasting life. Well, we have to understand that John 3.16 changed eternity. It changed eternity. That verse was so powerful, it impacted eternity. I mean, we talk about the afterlife, and, and it, people are still in, in, intrigued about it. They wonder about it all the time. There's the world, the world out there that doesn't know Jesus is consistently asking questions about it. They're curious about the afterlife. Is there really an afterlife and all that? But those that are Bible believers tonight know that our eternity has been changed because of John 3.16. What is that, that concept? What is the question? Hey, what about John 3.16 makes it so significant, so special? Well, it's simple. Eternity was changed. I mean, we all understand tonight that without John 3.16, we have a different destiny for our eternity but now because of John 3 16 we have a place called heaven someday but I love this it, it doesn't just talk about heaven and hell it talks about should not perish but have everlasting life and that word perish there I feel like the, the, the power of the emphasis of the word perish is really being absent from the presence of God what makes heaven so wonderful it's not the golden streets it's not the fact that there's no more sin no more devil no more cancer no more heartbreak no more death but it's really just this simple fact that we are going to be in the presence of God for all eternity. Do you understand that, church? You and me, someday, some of us have already lost loved ones recently that are now, right now. I mean, this isn't some make-believe, uh, I hope it's going to happen. Our loved ones are in the presence of God right now. They are sitting and gazing upon our God. And someday, that's going to be you and me. Wow, what a blessing. I mean, I can't wait. There should be a, an excited anticipation because of that. What's before? Here's what's before. What's the before of John 3, 16? Your eternity and my eternity was changed forever. Why? That's the second one. He says, I keep six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. Their names are what and why? 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 Why is all of this born? Why did everything change at John th chapter 3, verse 16? Why? Why is eternity changed? Why? Because of the first few words of that verse. For God so loved. For God so loved. I was, ha I was having lunch today with my, with my friend, that, the guest that came uh, from Iowa and, and uh, after church, after Deaf Church, and, and we were discussing the concept of culture. He's very intrigued by, by the Deaf culture. And there is a different culture. The deaf have their own culture. My wife didn't understand that when we first got married. I tried to warn her. and She said it can't be that different than the hearing culture because we're all Americans, you know, whatever. But she found out quickly there is a deaf culture. 
and Amanda is a great teacher of deaf culture. Right there, for sure, she'll teach it to you. All right, but no, but Jesus Christ, when he came to this earth, he brought a brand new culture, and they crucified him for it. It was a culture of forgiveness, a culture of love, a culture of, 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 of encouragement, a culture of, of paying attention to people, a culture of, of putting somebody else above yourself. And that wasn't what the world's culture was. It's still not the world's culture is. And it's all driven by the power of love. Love. Love is what makes John 3.16 so significant. For God so loved, and you've heard me say this before, I love how in the English language, in this particular verse, I know I was a little critical of the English language this morning, but tonight we'll say some good things about it. So, one syllable, two letters, that's it. So, it means it's an immeasurable love, which means it's an unconditional love. There's nothing that you and I can do. Listen, I have given God so many reasons to stop loving me, and none of them changed his love for me. Not one. I mean, I, I have disqualified myself from his love. I mean, easily, right? And yet, he still loves me. Tonight, he loves you too. Oh, and he loves your neighbor. And he loves that person you think is your enemy. And he loves that boss that you hate. And he loves that weird brother-in-law you can't stand when he comes around. And he loves, he loves the senators and representatives. All right, moving on, all right. He loves Congress. All right, moving on, all right? So number one, you have what's before. Eternity has changed. Number two, why was, is before why? <clears throat> because of love. Number three, when, when. That's the third one. He says, I keep six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. Their names are what and why and when. 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 When, and when you got saved. When you got born again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever... Whosoever, whosoever believeth in him, believeth in him. That moment that you believed in him, you understood the before of John 3.16. Salvation was not a, a promise, it was present immediately. It's not something where we will receive, no, we have it right now. It's not something that we can kind of look forward to, no, we, we possess salvation right now so with that in mind i want you wherever you're sitting to turn around to the person behind you or the person in front of you and tell them when you got saved go ahead and do that real quickly just talk about when you got saved and if you're far from somebody like young teenage boys should do they should get up and walk to miss mindy they should get up and walk to miss mindy to respect her instead of oh you can hear him okay when if you don't remember the exact date was it was it summer was it fall? Was it winter? Was it spring? When? Was it in the morning? Was it in the afternoon? Was it at night? Paul says at noontime, right? When? What year was it? When? When? Answer that question. And we're beginning to see the John 3.16 power, the beautiful of the teaching of this verse. All right, now tell it to the person on the other side of the pew from you. Like, if you talk to the one behind you, talk to the one in front of you. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Some interactive talking tonight. When? My wife is telling me, July 3rd, 1978. Amen. 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 Are you guys telling me? June 10th, 
2012. Good job, Austin. Toby? February 9th. 2014, very good. All right, now you have the win. The winner to win, right? And let me encourage you, to, some, sometimes people get discouraged and they don't know the exact date. You know, Paul never told us the exact date, but he always told us where it was and the approximate time of the day. He talks about at noon when it was bright out, right? And so, boy, thank God for that. So now we're beginning to answer the simple question of what is before us in John 3.16. And by the way, these answers you're giving today are the same answers you can give six weeks from now, six months from now. Because they apply when it comes to the verse of John 3.16 for what is set before. John 3.16 is a verse that, we, it, it's an interesting verse because we have it presently, but it's also a verse that we continue to reach for too. Wait, I have it and I'm reaching for it. I have it and I'm reaching for it. That's the power of this verse. Because I have salvation and I'm reaching for and longing for the presence of God. I have salvation and I'm reaching for and longing for this place called heaven. I have salvation, but I'm reaching for and longing for and wishing for to be able to be there someday with him for all eternity. Thank God for the what. Thank God for the why. Thank God for the when. Here we go. How? 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 How, how is that? How is this before made possible by John 3.16? We understand the how. For God so loved the world that he gave. Gave, right? And when we read John 3.16, we understand, okay, the Lord gave Jesus to this earth. What a blessing. And, and we can talk about that gift as we did at Christmas, as he was born of a virgin in Bethlehem, and, and the star, and the angels, and all that stuff. But we understand that the real breakdown of his gift to us is it's not just the birth and all the miracles he did, but that destiny of appointment that God had planned for him, which was the crucifixion. The appointment of Calvary. And boy, I, I sometimes get a little concerned for myself and for Christianity today that we have, have we started to forget or not cherish the value of the crucifixion. Calvary is what separates it all. We understand that if we put religions on, all the religions of this world on one table, we put them all there. Genuine Christianity is moved, removed from that table and put somewhere different because of this truth. Because Jesus Christ is the only religious leader who was willing to completely sacrifice himself. And it wasn't just the fact that he became a martyr. Other religious leaders are martyrs. But Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, became sin for you and me. He absorbed my sin. He took my sin upon him. But it's, 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 just, it's powerful to contemplate and meditate on that powerful truth tonight. And church, to understand and realize the how of what was before us. All of this is made possible. The eternal life, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, to have the Bible, to have the hope of heaven, to have the joys and forgiveness. All of that happened because of Calvary. Calvary made the difference. Now where, all right? That's the fifth one, where? Where when it comes before, where? I could say now, let's take a moment and, and talk about the where of our salvation. We already did that for when, so tonight, where? Where, where is the before? Where is it? What, the, what's the where? That's the question I have about John 3.16. What is it? Okay, it's really simply this, the whole world, church. And you and I have a responsibility. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoso believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Which means if that verse applied to me, I contemplated and then they understood his love. I received and believed and understood his sacrifice. I acknowledged and recognized his 
crucifixion. And I trusted and put my faith in him and only him for salvation. And we all know that salvation is not in some emotional prayer. It's not in just getting up and walking the aisle. We do those things because it helps people solidify a memory. But salvation is genuinely the acknowledging of this simple practice. I am undone and hopeless without a Savior. And the problem is there's not any a Savior. There is the Savior and his name is Jesus Christ. And trusting in him to have that personal experience where he became my Savior. And now John 3.16 applies for me. It applies to me, and I have experienced that salvation, and, 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 and it's mine now. And I sleep peacefully at night knowing that no matter what's going on in this world, no matter if I have a lot of money in my bank tonight or I don't have a lot of money, if I have a lot of burns or don't have a lot of burns, in eternity, everything's taken care of. My heart has peace and hope knowing that I am a saved child of God tonight. And for me to just cling to that verse... And I want to share it with somebody else. You know where the where is? You know the where of John 3.16 is? It's at your workplace. It's in your neighborhood. It's in public everywhere we go. It's on social media. What a blessing now. What a blessing that we can actually be witnesses for Christ on social media. Oh, there's so much bad on there, but you and I can actually use it for the glory of God. We can get on there and, and encourage people to look to Christ. We can talk about Jesus freely still on social media. That's a where. That's another where. The, the, the restaurants you go to, the stores we go to, the places we travel, the wares are everywhere out there. And so many of those wares need John 3.16 present. That's what the church planning conference is all about. That's what the seed project's all about. I mean, there's different ministries, there's different needs, but the same message has got to get out there. And that's that simple thought that somebody who hasn't heard John 3.16, like I've heard John 3.16, needs to hear John 3.16. And find number six. He says, he says, I keep six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. It's not an accident that the last one's the best one. Their names are what and why and when and how and where and who. The who is before us. Tonight, in this January cold evening of 2024, it's not Easter, but I can still announce that he lives. He is risen. Matthew 28 says it. John, or Luke chapter 24 says it. John teaches it. Mark chapter 16 teaches it. We all know tonight, 2,000 years later, he is risen. Who is before? That last question, who? It's Jesus. It's Jesus Christ. He is alive tonight. He is alive and well. He is active. He's still aggressive. He's still mediating. He's still working. He's still loving. He's still blessing. He is alive. He, present tense, he was crucified, but he is risen. He was dead, but he is alive. Present tense. When they said it 2,000 years ago, we can still say it tonight. Why? Because the who of John 3.16, the whole process of it, eventually ends with the, with, the, with the exciting announcement that he is risen. He is risen. And that's the who of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish. Here's the resurrection part but have everlasting life.
You know why you and I have everlasting life? We're not going to get it. We have it now. It's because he is the resurrection and the life. So, good question, good poem, good stanza. I keep six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. Their names are what and why and when and how and where and who. Six simple questions to remind us of the most powerful, simple, beautiful verse in all the Bible. John 3, 16. And it is still set. Here we go. Before us. Praise God. Heads about eyes close like this. Let's look. Place, though I walk through the wilderness. 
eyes closes in Lord still I will say blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be your name blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be your glorious name blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me when the world's all as it should be blessed be your name blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering though there's pain in the offering blessed be your name every blessing is in Lord still I will say blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be your name blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be your glorious name you give and take away you give and take my heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name.